Because Contagion is still in theaters at the time of this release, the first few minutes of this episode will be spoiler-free. just watching episode 24 contagion initial reactions i'm daniel j lewis thanks for joining me for another episode where we share critical thinking for the entertained christian this is a podcast where we look at movies not just with a christian perspective but we will look at them with a critical thinking perspective asking questions looking at motives looking at deeper messages that are shared within movies we're not looking for an agenda Yes, some movies have an agenda, and some producers and actors and all of that have agendas. Yes, that's true. Yes, there are conspiracies, but we're not trying to look for that underneath every rock. So sometimes it's just producers are being consistent with their own worldview. And sometimes, though, movies come along that have excellent messages or portray things in a very realistic way. Well, I won't say that Contagion has an excellent message other than wash your hands and use hand sanitizer, which will maybe sell out this weekend. But Contagion does have some good points and uh, some things for us to consider. And so just to let you know a review of it before I get into the spoiler-containing section, Contagion uh, seemed very believable. It's It was very real in how it told the story. And what's kind of nice about Contagion, in a sense, is that there isn't a hero. You know how most movies have the hero of the movie, and they're the one that, like, saves the day and everything like that? Well, Contagion doesn't have that. In fact, we don't really see the main characters, these big-name characters, As much as you might expect, it's not like every single scene has them, like War of the Worlds. But instead, Contagion has many actors and actresses and focuses on different ones, and we see some come and go. Uh, Contagion is not a gory movie. It, It might seem like it would be from the trailer, but we don't really see much gore other than a lady gets her scalp removed as an autopsy is being done but we don't even see into her head Uh, so it's not like extremely gory and that's about the worst that it gets and that happens once we do see disturbing images as they say or it's probably just the actresses and actors without makeup on but we see different things happening as people get sick they have seizures they die and people of all ages As an entertaining movie, well, Contagion was not. I wouldn't say that this was an amazing movie, really fun, I want to watch this again, I want to get the DVD. No, it's just, it's a movie. They, on IMDb, you'll see that it calls it an action thriller. But there's not much action going on. I would call it more a thriller. But the the premise of it is that this virus strikes and what happens after that. And it starts off pretty fast and then just kind of 
draws it out for a little bit. So you can see Contagion if you want. It's, I wouldn't say rush out there to the theaters and see it and it's all that amazing. But something that you should watch it for is to get this idea of how easily we can spread germs. I will say that from the start of it, it kind of focuses on the things that we touch. And it makes you start wondering, am I spreading germs? Am I catching someone else's germs? And (laughs) funny things that happened in the theater during this movie. So the movie's all about sick people. And um, as, as someone coughs in the movie... It, they probably have the virus. So this was not the movie to sit in the theater and cough because I I wasn't around anyone who was coughing, but I did hear some coughing and I just wonder what are the people near that person thinking or how embarrassed that person must be to cough. They must have really tried to hold it in and not cough during the movie, during a movie like this because people might start spacing out. And it was also funny that at what one point the lady that was sitting next to me in the theater put hand sanitizer on pulled it out and put on a whole bunch on her hands at some point and just it's nice timing there so you can see it it does make you think and it does make you realize some things and hopefully it won't make you paranoid though but this concludes my spoiler free review of the movie so the rest of this episode will contain spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled then pause the episode now, see the movie sometime, and listen to the rest of this episode. If you don't mind being spoiled, or if you've seen the movie already, then go ahead and continue listening to this episode. So here it goes. Right at the very beginning, we see Beth, the main character, uh, Beth Imhoff, who is played by Gwyneth Paltrow. She's from Iron Man, by the way. Pepper from Iron Man. We see her in an airport, and she's coming back from China. She takes a phone call on her cell phone. She's at an airport somewhere, and the caller identifies himself as the guy you just had sex with in a hotel room. And at first, I thought, maybe that's her husband? I hope? Maybe? No, it's not her husband. Of course. Why would it be her husband? Well, I say that in the sarcastic, massive sarcastic tones, because very rarely does Hollywood portray married sex as a great thing and fun and all of that. They usually portray the adulterous sex or fornication sex before marriage as the great fun and all of that stuff. And that just frustrates me. But we see right from the beginning that this woman... Uh, is in an affair or had an affair with someone just recently and they are the guy gives her a a secret email address that she can contact him and he says it's secure and the way he says that probably implies that this guy is also married and he's having an affair an adulterous relationship outside of his marriage And this woman, Beth, is married to Mitch, who is played by uh, Matt Damon. Now, Mitch himself 
doesn't have that pure of a background because he's come from a divorce and his ex-wife is also living with another guy too and they've had uh, kids and all of this stuff families are just all mixed up well as contagion goes on we get the idea that maybe beth caught this disease from the guy she had an affair with which by the way she sought out to have an affair with him it's not like it just happened she planned it she called ahead of time and said I can change my flights and have a layover in your area if that would interest you. She was planning ahead to break her vows. And that just, oh, that that makes me so frustrated. And she was the first person that died. <laughs> Spoiler, by the way. Or what she, she was the first or second person to die. But when she uh, gets back... Uh, she dies, and they think that maybe this guy is the one that gave her the disease because it's communicated in some way that she did have a layover in Chicago, and this guy lives in Chicago, and the name seemed familiar to a doctor, so maybe he had the disease, and maybe he also died. So we go through the 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 majority of the movie thinking that maybe this adulterous relationship is what brought the disease on this family. Nope, it's not. At the end, we find out that no, it was all okay because that's not how Beth caught the disease. She caught the disease from a chef, not from this guy she had an adulterous relationship with. Yet again, adultery and fornication goes without consequences, and it frustrates me, as you can tell. But we also see the two different kinds of health and contrasted with each other, physical health and moral health. Of course, the movie is about a virus that people catch and how quickly it spreads to these people and how quickly people are dying from the virus. And so Mitch, played by Matt Damon, is so concerned with the health of his, health of his remaining family, which is just his daughter, that he refuses to let his daughter see this boy from her school that she likes and they want to go out or something and he gets really mad when the boy comes and he is so concerned that his daughter is going to catch the disease from this boy now that's very understandable however once the boy has been cleared and has his vaccination then it's okay for the daughter and the boy to hang out together to date to do all this whatever together uh, but what about the moral health of it? Is the, the father teaching her at all? Anything like keep yourself pure. I don't want you kissing this guy. I don't want you doing anything else. Or No, nowhere is he establishing any kind of moral boundary. His only concern is a health boundary. But then again, it's no surprise because he has divorced and his wife is cheating on him. So it's kind of no surprise that there's very little moral health in this. We also see stuff like a village that holds a lady hostage for ransom to try and get the first part of the vaccination. And they, their, their efforts are then returned with more deception and lies and fake stuff later on. And someone else tries to profit from the world's demise. And that 
that will happen. Whenever someone falls, someone wants to try and profit from it on their way back up, on their way down, whatever it is. There are people who are greedy and want to profit. That is very real. But when it it makes sense because when people reject God's authority, it opens them up to all kinds of greed and immorality in their lives. So it's no wonder that when we reject the moral physician, that then we catch all of these moral diseases, which then leads to a great thought of of contagion is imagine instead of it being a physical disease, it's a spiritual disease that everyone is catching. It's called sin. And the problem with sin is that no one is immune to it. In contagion, some people are immune. Now, their blood can't do anything for the others, though. However, in our case of spiritual health, no one is immune to sin. However, one man lived a pure life, and his blood was our vaccine, created the vaccine for us, in a sense, so that we could be saved from this disease called sin and eternal death and eternal punishment. And so Jesus Christ, the Messiah, gave his blood for us because of our diseased bodies that we have from living in this world of sin and our willful disobedience against God. So it can be a great discussion point looking at how quickly a disease spreads to also realize how quickly sin can grow and become something extremely ugly. It's ugly in its first place, but we sometimes don't realize that. We think it's all right, and it gets ugly later. Well, being a movie about viruses, virus, viri, no one really says that anymore. It's now everyone just says viruses. Being a movie about a virus, evolution is actually surprisingly absent. It's mentioned kind of in the form of they say the virus is adapting or it is changing, mutating, it's becoming stronger, different things like that. And that's no mystery to science. We see things change. Yes. Is this proof of evolution? No. Because the direction things change when they mutate is a negative direction. If anything, it's neutral and that doesn't really benefit anything. But mutations are negative. Just because a virus becomes stronger in some way can no longer be killed by our stuff is not a good thing. That's not, that's not how evolution works. If you want evolution to be the result of a virus, well, you can't grow things by killing things in the process in the sense of uh, you're not going to get an egg if you kill the chicken before you get the egg. No, it's not going to happen. So it's, it's a little bit of a theme in here, but it's not overt. It's just a subtle mention. Now, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to try and explain all of this stuff, but there are many examples of how bacteria work when they mutate and become resistant to antibodies uh, and how that all does not prove evolution, but it's actually the opposite. It proves that, or it shows that uh, 
the things that mutate are a downward step. They're not positive steps or an increase of information like evolution might require, but they're downward things. And at some point, this is communicated about us in that saying the human immune system is still in development. By that, do they mean we're still evolving? I think they got the direction wrong because the truth is that we are in digression as our bodies, which were designed by God and designed perfect, and when God created us, there weren't all of these diseases. Those came in as a result of sin. So God created us perfect and with perfect working bodies, but because we live in a 6,000-year-old curse from sin, our bodies are breaking down, our immune systems are breaking down, our bodies are dying Our blood cells are dying. They're not as resilient as they used to be. Yes, there are things that within the last couple hundred years, but that's related to diet and health, regular health things, where it's not an evolution. Look at many, many years ago, and we see like hundreds or a couple thousand years ago, health was people were stronger. Uh, The Bible describes people living much longer back then because, well, many different factors. But to read more about how um, mutations and bacteria and all of this stuff work, or rather don't work with evolution, I highly suggest that you check out some articles over at AnswersInGenesis.org, and I'll have a link to those in the show notes at AreYouJustWatching.com slash 24. Contagion is like many other movies that want to portray the end of the world, or not quite the end And I was wondering if Contagion would end with something like that everyone dies. But no, they find a cure and many people are saved. Now, many people died. Yeah, a whole lot of people, millions of people died. And this is uh, a very true telling of what could happen if such a major virus were to break out. And actually, the Bible foretells in Revelation and uh, in many other prophecies that the end times will come and that there will be a lot of people dying, different plagues and different parts of the tribulation causing like a third or two thirds of the population to die. And all of these people that are going to die because of different things, a major deadly virus then is certainly a very possible explanation of what could happen. And we shouldn't get all tied up about, well, what's going to happen or uh, how is it going to happen or how can we protect ourselves physically? We should be thinking about how do we protect ourselves spiritually? Now, I would hope that each of you know and already are protected spiritually, but it's by the blood of Christ that we're protected spiritually against eternal judgment. And You know what is kind of unfortunate is that being a Christian does not mean we're suddenly immune to disease. No, because we still live in bodies that are suffering from a 6,000-year-old curse of sin. We're still subject to things like accidents and disease and famine and sin and bad people doing bad things. Yes, that still happens. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we're going to be immune from that. However, consider this. Instead of our asking, how could God let this happen? We should be instead 
considering, wow, how merciful is God that he hasn't just wiped us all out like he did with the global flood, where he wiped out everyone except Noah and his family because sin was so terrible. How merciful is God that he hasn't done that again yet? It's coming, but it hasn't happened yet. So rejoice in God's mercy and his forgiveness for sin and what Christ did on the cross for us so that his blood saved us from everything, from, from, from sin. Now, I have to say that the best line from Contagion was during the scene where this guy, Alan Crum, Cromweedy, Cromwell, something like that, his character was played by Jude Law, tries to get the inside news scoop from a doctor. And the, the doctor, though, is cutting him off. And he says, blogging is not writing. It's graffiti with punctuation. <laughs> and I think that is very true, except for the punctuation part sometimes. Because you read these blogs and it's just like, come on, periods, go places, commas are wonderful things. Quotation marks are nice too sometimes. Anyway, that's my short review of Contagion. What did you think of Contagion if you've seen it? Or even if you've just seen the trailers, I would still like to know what do you think of it? Are you going to plan to go see it? I, I, again, I don't think it's all that spectacular. Yeah, it has a great cast and some good acting, but I don't think it's like amazing or anything like that. So if you see it, let me know what you think about it. Or if you've just seen the trailer, let me know your impressions. Certainly, I would love to hear from you your thoughts on this episode and the topics that I raised in this. You can send your feedback to feedback at noodle.mx. Call 859-353-4332 or leave a comment on the show notes at areyoujustwatching.com slash 24 and the links that I've mentioned and the show notes for what I talked about will be there at areyoujustwatching.com slash 24. Now, I have something cool coming up. I can't give a full review yet, but I've seen the movie Courageous by Sherwood Pictures. These are the people that did Fireproof. I cannot release my review yet. But I have an opportunity to talk to Michael Catt, the pastor and executive producer behind this stuff. And I want to know, what would you like me to ask Michael Catt in regards to the movie Courageous? I know you won't get to see it before I ask because I'm going to do this review before the movie comes out so I can release the interview and review uh, when the movie comes out. But here's your assignment Go see Courageous. Opening weekend, Courageous is an excellent movie. Yeah, I I can't release too much of a review, but go see it. It's very important that we support a good movie like Courageous on opening weekend because that will show the world that, hey, here's a church doing something that glorifies God and look how well it's doing in Hollywood. And maybe it can tell Hollywood, give them the message that, look, get your morals together. Well, they're not going to do that on their own. So what am I saying? But do see Courageous and uh, let me know what questions you would like me to ask Michael Cat for that interview about Courageous. I'll be asking him some stuff about like 
Christian movie production and quality in Christian media and uh, messages behind the movies, agendas, and all of that stuff. And a little bit of critical thinking on Courageous as well. And I might end up releasing two episodes about Courageous, like maybe Courageous versus Tree of Life, which was an interesting movie. But please let me know what you want me to ask Michael Cat. Send your questions to feedback at noodle.mx or call in 859-353-4332. Again, show notes for this episode will be at areyoujustwatching.com slash 24. Now, the podcast awards are coming up very soon, so keep a watch on the blog and keep us in mind to submit us for, I haven't decided if we should be under Christianity or TV and film, but I'll make that announcement later. So keep watching and follow Eve Franklin on twitter.com slash Eve Franklin. Follow me, Daniel J. Lewis, on twitter.com slash The Ramen Noodle. For Eve Franklin, I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thanks for listening. And don't just watch. Are You Just Watching is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Our opening vocal talent was thanks to Mariah. The theme song is used courtesy of Answers in Genesis. For more great podcasts like this one, visit the Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. That's noodle.mx. And please remember that I am a self-employed, hungry web designer. So if you need a website designed, cover art for your podcast or anything, check out my site, djosephdesign.com, or check out podcastcoverart.com and see how I can help you and design stuff to help make your message look great.